TARDIS. It can travel anywhere in time and space. And it's mine. Go on, say Most people do. <laughs> Smaller on the outside. Hey, what's up? And welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, Sotocast. The first, the best, and the only Doctor Who podcast that you just can't miss. My name is Dave, and I'll be the Time Lord with you this evening, and with me, as always, is... Andy. The dead uh, astronaut in space. Uh, I'm sorry. The is that right? <laughs> yeah. Alright, so, uh, we are airing this a little bit late. Uh, you know, over the weekend was Mother's Day, so had a lot of driving around to do, so once I got back, had lots of chores to do, and uh, it's just kind of now being a little bit of free time, but not much, because I've got, not much, more to, no. <laughs> got more to do later anyways. Um, what I will say is uh, that the last episode of Doctor Who, how did that end? You talking about this one or the previous the one? The one before it. How did that one end? Which that one was, was uh, that? That was uh, Knock Knock. Knock Knock, right. Yeah, that one ended with uh, they're like uh, the doctor had it was talking to the guy behind the door. And then he went in. Did he go in? I, don't I, I believe that he did go in. That he unlocked the door for the doctor, and the doctor went in. And uh, okay. that, and then that's not even talked about in this episode whatsoever. I know it's kind of getting annoying. They're doing a lot of clear uh, nods to to something that will eventually be talked about later, but then they do nothing with it. <laughs> right. It's getting disappointing. All right. Anyway, this episode starts off with the Doctor saying... I'm hoping it'll pay off. <laughs> you're hoping that it will pay off, yeah. Well, yeah, if you think about, like, uh, if you think about, like, the early seasons with Bad Wolf and uh, Torchwood and stuff, that stuff paid off in the end. Even right. though it just seemed like small things here and there where you could you could tell they were probably hinting at something, but you couldn't quite figure out what it was until the end. I'm hoping it's something more like that. Yeah. Uh, um, this one starts off, the Doctor's saying space, the final frontier. Um, <laughs> in space, obviously, but he's also saying it's the final frontier because that's where you die and, and things like that. Uh, you, you, it kind of gives you some foreshadowing going on because you have some astronauts out in space that are losing their oxygen levels pretty quickly. And well, he then, describes how what happens basically if you go out in space without a suit. Basically, that's what uh, you'll, you'll pass out in 15 seconds and you'll be dead in about a minute and a half, he said, right? Yeah, that happens after the introduction. Okay. The introduction uh, shows you what you think is a pair of astro-zombies who are after people, they take off the helmet of some girl, and that turns her into one of these space zombies, and you have no idea what's going on. Then, then, it, then it goes into the intro uh, with the, the, the music, uh, and then you learn it's written by Jamie Matheson. Matheson? Matheson? He, he's done some stuff before. Or is it, yeah, he, is that he, he or a wrote, she? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. Uh, Mummy on the Orient Express, Flatline... And the girl who died, uh, and this one. Okay, yeah, some random episodes, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So that's when it shows the doctor's actually teaching people in his class, his his space class, or whatever the heck it is, Doctor Who class, um, that he teaches everybody in an actual scientific way that how space kills you. In a science, which is actually pretty accurate, I believe. Yeah, it, it sounded pretty accurate. Uh, science fiction show where actual fiction stuff happens in space. He's talking about realistic things. Right, because you know a lot of a lot of uh, movies and and shows and stuff. Basically, the second you're out there in space, you're dead, which is not entirely accurate. And no, and another thing that happens out in space that's not always true is that. You know, you freeze up. Well, out in space, right. it's super cold, you know, super duper cold out in space, but there's no airflow, so you don't feel the cold in space. Right. That's, that's yeah, that's a, uh, technically it is cold, but there's also, if like, if you're by the sun, you've got the cold from, 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 well, I don't know how you even describe that in space, but um, but then you've also got the radiation from the sun as well. So it's kind of a complicated issue. Like if you, like uh, uh, the the moon, for example, on one side it's really hot, and then on the other side it's really cold because of the radiation, and then you know no no air on the other side, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So lots of different cool stuff in space. Listen to like on uh, Earth. I, on Earth, it's a little bit more equalized because you have the air that kind of you know circulates all around the world, but in space it's not like that. No, because we have a layer in the air. Right, atmosphere. Atmosphere. <laughs> you know, that's getting torn down by, uh, you know, weather problems that aren't existent. Right. Um, anyways, so th- this time uh, Matt Lucas is kind of like with the Doctor this, in this run. He's right because in the be- yeah in the beginning he he says that he's taken out the fluid link to try to prevent the TARDIS from going, which <laughs> well, is interesting because that is a reference to s- several stories of the Doctor, uh, especially in the classic series. the The second ever story of Doctor Who, um, the Doctor per- I believe he pretends that the fluid link is broken so that they can't travel away just so that he can go investigate the Daleks' uh, planet for the first time, because he'd never, he'd never seen a Dalek before, so he wanted to investigate the planet, so he, he faked the fluid link issue, I believe. And so that it's been mentioned several times, but that's kind of the most uh, notable one. But it's not actually what makes the ship go... Well, see, that's the thing. Every, every reference that I looked up, it seemed to actually be the cause of the TARDIS not actually going, but maybe the Doctor pointed the wrong thing out or I don't well, know. Well the point in the show was he's like, Well who told you that? And he's like, You did. He said exactly and started up the TARDIS, which means he's been lying the whole time. I Right. Including but all the it, times it, in the old show. Well I don't know because it, it did seem to actually do that in the <laughs> previous episode. So, I I, there's uh, a problem I'll, there. Yeah. Uh I don't know. Uh but he's telling the doctor that the vault cannot be unguarded but they both unguard the vault to do this mission. <laughs> right. This is the but, only time but that's this the season. Thing, that's the thing I don't understand about this. What is it? This uh, he's sworn to do this thing. We don't. We still don't know anything yeah, about that. Yeah, that he he made it. His but here's duty. the thing. He's got a freaking TARDIS. Like you said, you can leave, but you can come back at the same exact moment. So it's not like you really stepped away from guarding the the door. Right. But I guess I guess in the end. 
uh, they do make some sense out of it because there's always a chance that, you know, the doctor could die, you know, on his, on his many adventures and then suddenly he couldn't come back and guard it. So that does make sense in that sense. I guess so. Yeah. But it, uh, if you assume, like you should, that, that everything's going to probably turn out all right with Doctor Who, because they always come back and there's always more stories, <laughs> that, uh, that it's probably going to be a fine if he, if he steps out with the TARDIS for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so on with the show here, we have uh, these the trio. They head to a space station where a dead astronaut's just kind of just standing there. He's just... He's not doing anything, he's just standing there, and they learn that it's his suit that's standing there, not the guy. Um, okay, yeah, in the in the intro, when we saw the the people die, and then suddenly they were walking, yeah. like, when I saw that, the way they were walking, the way it sounded, I was thinking maybe this is like a an interesting version of the Cybermen. Did you think that at all? Oh, I wasn't thinking Cybermen, no. Well, the way they walked, and if you think about it, Cybermen is just a dead person inside a metal suit, right? Yeah. So it actually makes sense to just without the Cyberman head. So I, I guess don't know. you could see it that way. I when I saw him walking like that, all I was thinking was anti gravity uh suction cup boots, you know? So Yeah, but how is it moving by itself? That's Well, zombies. Uh <laughs> zombies. Yeah, my mom I think mom says zombies too. <laughs> yeah. Um and uh further down the station after they see that guy, they find some an astronaut doing some light work around the ship, but they the doctor decapitates it, and it's okay. It's just a robot. I forget what the Matt Lucas's character knows the robot, uh, and he has a name for it. I don't remember what it was. Now so. this was interesting. Throughout the episode, Matt Lucas was referencing knowing this uh, this AI from a previous adventure or something, uh, and and then later Bill gives the AI a name, and then. Uh, and then Nardole, he was like, oh, yeah, that was the name. So I'm wondering, is this AI the same AI that he met, but he actually met it in the future? And Bill was the person that gave the AI the name in the first place? I don't know, because that confuses me. <laughs> it's sort of like a backwards timeline. It's Nardole's past, but it's actually real-world future, that sort of thing. Mm, okay, maybe. Um, so Maybe that's relevant to a future episode. Maybe, it yeah. could be. They they learn a couple things on this ship. The ship does not have any oxygen except for personal use, so they're selling oxygen. Yeah, it's a company that's trying to make money by selling oxygen. They basically said, uh, you know, it's capitalism in space uh, because they're charging for the air. Uh, they try to do an airlock thing, or the ship does automatically because it's like AI, and they try to expel them. But the doctor gets the TARDIS to lock them in because it, you know, locks in between the air escape, I guess, um, basically. I don't know. <laughs> Step one, open the airlock. Step two, take all the oxygen away from them so they can sell it back to them, which is the capitalism aspect. Yes. Uh, so the only thing left to do is to get into the spacesuits, and I think it said they get two, uh, 2,500 breaths to, to do what uh... they need to do. It was a, it was a certain amount, and it it didn't seem like it was something that would would have lasted them very long. Right, I I think it was twenty five hundred, two thousand five hundred, uh, okay. breaths, and they have to get out of where they are currently and get to where the other 
alive people who are staying because they heard some people over the radio. Right. Um, so they decide to get out of space and uh, out into space, and before they do, Bill takes off her helmet. Or rather, her spacesuit takes off her helmet for her, and she's right. exposed to the vacuum of space and dies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, not quite. Not yet, anyway. Nearly. And the only thing that's not <laughs> killing her right away is probably what little her uh, air shield. Uh, yeah, but here's the here's the thing that's weird to me. This this whole thing was very wrong uh, because you said there's no air in the ship, right? Right. And so, and then that has that little force field that's keeping the air in the spacesuit. Sounds like it makes sense, right? Right. So why would space be any different there's no air in space there's no air in the in the uh space they, station if no well, air in the space station that's a vacuum they said they said the uh force field won't work in a vacuum of space well but if the there's no air in the space station that's a vacuum it has to be it has to do with the pressure doesn't it yeah but if there's no air in the space station that's a vacuum unless they filled it up with something else like like uh co2 like, or something what like co2 or something yeah if they filled it up with co2 or or something like toxic, I, I suppose. That I guess that could make sense, but that's a, that's a confusing situation. Yeah, something they probably just overlooked. I'm guessing. <laughs> when she comes to, uh, she kind of has some flashes of stuff happening outside, but not nothing's like super clear. It's all confusing. One flash you could tell is the doctor without a helmet. Yes, and because what happened was the doctor gave Bill his helmet. Uh, but it was apparently out in the vacuum for far too long, according to Nardle. Right. So and she so comes, go, yeah. She yeah. comes to visit him in his little thinking room, whatever the heck that was, and they find <laughs> out that he is blind. Blind. He's got you know those foggy eyes, and um, he can't see, which is great. Uh, <laughs> he 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 decides to head out with the rest of the gang and leave her. To get zapped by the zombies at some point. I, I don't remember how it got to point A to point B. But I think the suit locks her down. And there's nothing they can really do for her. So they all kind of head away. And she gets zapped. And everybody thinks she's dead. Again. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Rem I know uh, they intentionally left her to get zapped. Yeah. Basically, the doctor's saying, you're going to have to do this. I don't know. If, I don't know if it was because the suit wouldn't move, or if there was another specific reason for I that. I think. Yeah, I think the suit shut down and wouldn't move. Okay. I think. And then the zombies walked past her, gave her a pat on the shoulder, and zapped her. Uh, so the doctor and the rest of the gang they just kind of keep moving. Uh, the gang definitely thinks that she's dead, but the doctor's not really talking about it. Um, and they lock themselves in this little room where the doctor plans to. I feel like he said he wants to blow up the ship. Um, the idea was that he programmed, in the end anyway, that he programmed the ship so that um, if everybody was to die, that the ship would explode. The problem was that the, the robots were trying to kill people because that means it saves them oxygen so that they could sell it later. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, so that means killing, you know, killing people was profitable. Taking their oxygen was profitable. But now, 
to be profitable the business, they need their business to not blow up. So it's now profitable to keep be, people alive. It would be very expensive cleanup if he blows it up. Right. Yeah. Um, he's try- so he's trying to make business sense out of the whole thing. Yeah, he's being a businessman. And uh, it'll be a major loss to them. So the zombies instead give the people back some oxygen. And this is where I'm a little confused because immediately Bill's okay. And I can't remember why. Um... Well, I can take a look at the scene real quick. Yeah, I don't remember as well. They did explain it, though. Let's see. Okay, so the uh, robots were um, using the batteries in the suits to electrify people. And uh, I guess not the robots, the other, you know, automatic suits. Uh, we're using the batteries in the suits to, electro- to electrocute people to stop them from... Uh, from using the oxygen because using the oxygen costs them money and i guess uh bill's battery was too low to kill her but so why did she look dead though i feel like she's knocked out i don't know but she really did look dead she didn't look like oh i'm sleeping for a minute it it, it looked like you know she was super decaying or whatever yeah uh, i don't get it yeah so it must have just knocked her out i guess instead of killing her but that's yeah it's confusing so but i don't know how did it wake her up he just he like pressed a button on the suit and she was awake (laughs) like like it it put air back into her suit i'm guessing but it's yeah it's confusing yeah it was yeah a little confusing but basically that's how he saves the day um i don't think he does blow up the ship and he leaves the zombies there does he um, yeah, because he's programmed it so that now it's uh, more expensive to kill them uh, than it was before it was uh, more expensive to leave them alive. Now it's more expensive to kill them. So it should be safe, and, but he does bring the people that were working there back to the corporation that was setting all this up so that they can complain. Gotcha, yeah. Um, back on the TARDIS, uh, Matt Lucas has this, like, I feel like it's another sonic screwdriver, and he's fixing the doctor's eyes. Um, oh, that's another thing. This uh, so- Dr. Sonic yeah, screwdriver was, was was broken. So is he going to get a new one, or is he going to grab another one from that bucket? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know at this point. Or uh, here's another here's another situation. Uh, is he going to use the uh, sonic glasses? <laughs> oh, right, the sonic glasses. <laughs> Which he does wear at the end here. Yeah, so... So, okay, so at the end... Uh, they fix his eyes, like, you can see them, and they're not foggy anymore. Uh, right. But in the end, you learn the doctor's still blind. Yeah, because Nardole says, look at me, doctor, because he's trying to scold the doctor for whatever crap, you know. And then the doctor's like, I can't, I can't, I, I will never be able to see anything again. Because I'm blind. I'm still blind. <laughs> well, I don't know how they're going to deal with that. That could be an. It, it could just be you know something that this doctor is gonna have for the rest of his uh, you know his his time on the show. I don't know that. I it would be a different way of running a show. I will say yeah, that. Yeah, it'd, it'd be very different and very interesting. I think. But, but he now if they're gonna keep it that way or if they're just gonna solve it in the next episode, I don't know. Right, you never know. Um, this I I saw online when people were talking about it. They they liked this episode like the best out of the season, but I don't know if I'm... I don't know. Really? Yeah. I, I think it's a pretty solid one, yeah. What are, what are the uh, other episodes? It's a pretty good episode, but I don't know. Let's see if there's episode, uh, episodes so far. Let's see. Um, 
Where's the uh, list here? Um, here we go. Uh, the pilot, smile, thin ice, knock, knock, and oxygen so far. Um, yeah, possibly. the The first one was pretty good too, but yeah, I'd say I'd say oxygen's is pretty. Uh, yeah, I'd say so far is probably the best. Yeah, oxygen is pretty good. I think it is between this and pilot. I I did like the pilot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that had a lot of introduction, you know, to Bill and everything, and, and what's going on with there's some kind of mysterious thing going on down below at the vault. Right. Um, yeah. Lots of good important stuff in the first episode. Uh, this one was a pretty decent random episode, but I don't think it has much to do with importance with the overall uh, season. Maybe other than him being blind. Yeah, that could be. That could actually be pretty important, possibly. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Um, other than that, that was episode. What uh, is there any uh, trivia facts about the episode in your little wikia thing? Uh, there's a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, well, like we said, the fluid link is is one that was used. Um, let's see. No, oh, he used his psychic paper. I didn't notice that. Yeah, he did because they were wondering if he was from the union or something or other, and he uh, they they. Whatever it was, they didn't believe it existed, and then he showed it to them, and they're like, oh, okay. Well, the Time Lords can survive in the vacuum of space longer than humans can. He, uh, in the Doctor's case, he survived, but he lost his sight. Nardol recognizes Bill's uh, smart suit interface voice as his ex, Velma. Oh, that's right, Velma. Her, remembers her as a nice girl actress, Bit Orange, left me for an AI at a call center. That's Bit interesting. Orange. I don't know what that means. It's an orange person. Wait, Velma. Didn't Velma wear orange in Scooby-Doo? I think so. <laughs> or am I thinking the wrong person? No, Velma. No, you're probably right. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's too much here. There's just there's a lot of like interesting tidbits, but nothing like nothing really worth mentioning. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, so is is that it for the episode then? Yeah, I think so. It's pretty much how it ended and everything. I I, I do have a uh, a potential spoilery question slash joke. I don't know what that means. So if you want to make a, a a spoiler section, we can tag that on at the end. All right. Well, people who are listening, thanks for tuning in. We're gonna uh, go into spoiler territory now. Uh, or at least possible potential spoiler territory next. Well, so, it, it it is sort of yeah. Yeah. So if, if it's the that, same it's the same thing we mentioned before. Yeah. So if that is not your forte, you don't know anything about what's going on in the show, spoiler wise, uh, then you can just you know stop listening now, and we'll see you next week. Uh, uh, if you have heard about some typical stuff that everybody else has heard about this season of Doctor Who that you might not consider spoilers, but we do. Uh, stick around, because we're going <laughs> to talk a little bit about that here now. So, spoiler warning, and go. <laughs> okay, so my spoiler joke is, is this uh, macular degeneration going to lead to the Doctor's regeneration? <laughs> it is <laughs> Spoiler joke comment there. Uh, Question. 
So you you think his blindness is going to lead to a regeneration? Possibly. That it could it maybe uh, either just, everything just him. starts shutting down. Yeah, it could be that, or it could lead him into a situation that makes it, you know, so that he can't save himself or whatever. Well, that's possible, too. Um, I just want to know more about the vault. That's all I want to know about <laughs> And they're just like, yep, there's something in the vault, tee-hee-hee. Not that you'll ever learn. Uh, this was episode, what, episode... I think six, was it? Six, seven? Five. This was five. episode five out of twelve, so we still have a bit to go. I guess, but I wish they'd just get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like you know, the ep- episodic episodes of Doctor Who just as much as anybody else, but like, you, you gotta at least you know really move on with it at, at least halfway in, you know, at halfway in, so it can kind of change its route to be uh, more story arcy, you know. Right. So they have enough time and don't just cram everything into the, the last episode. Uh, that's what I want to see. I want to see them, you know, use their time wisely and not just rush. Okay. So, uh, yeah. And also with the regeneration question. Um, see, that's I, one thing. One thing I hope is true with the next, uh, with the, the guy who's taken over for Stephen Moffat, because obviously he does, uh, um, he does Broadchurch, right? Which is a very serialized show. Basically, the whole season is one story. So I'm hoping he kind of brings more of that to Doctor Who. Obviously, it's good to have each uh, have different, you know, individual stories within that. But there should be a, a greater sense of a of a an overall arc, I think. Uh, and that's something Stephen Moffat's kind of moved away from. And I'm hoping the new guy will kind of bring that back a bit more. The what I was going to say with the question regarding regeneration was that um, I think uh, one of the faults a lot of TV shows have is, you know, contracts. So if basically you always expect a regeneration or whatever to happen on a finale or, you know, Christmas, whatever, because of contracts. Mm-hmm. And now I wouldn't mind a regeneration happening in the middle of a season. You know? That would be cool. That would be cool. But there's also the issue of the changing um, uh, pr- uh, showrunner too. Typically, a new showrunner wants a new doctor, and then kind of that kind of goes hand in hand, you know. Yeah, which is probably the case here too. Yeah. Um, they're gonna give him enough, and plus, not only that, but when it comes down to independent DVDs like I have with all the different doctors, you can't just start. Right, that would be hard. It would <laughs> you be. You have all difficult. the collections, right? Right, and they like all start on a season, so or a, or a Christmas special, or a Christmas special, which is fine too, uh, but you never see it in between a season, which would be different, which would be kind of cool, but it would be different and hard to sell that as far as DVDs are concerned. Um, I feel like that may have happened uh, in the classic series once, or at least once. Well, I'm in the classic the, ones, when, they when didn't the, really when did care. When did the fourth Doctor gen- regenerate? Uh, I don't know. Let me see. Let's see. It's hard to type with one hand here. Um, Locopolis. So when was that? 
No, it was the final story. So uh, that was that was uh, uh, fourth Doctor. The fifth Doctor was the final story um, of that season. So I don't know. I feel like there was at least one though, but I can't remember. I think it would be easier in the old series than what it is now. I feel like the importance and and the push for contracts and media is a lot more strict than it was back then. Because right. back then you had Doctor Who looked like a freaking uh, high school play or whatever, and <laughs> it's a little, a little bit different bit, now. Especially with the uh, high frame rate of some of the, like they filmed uh, indoor scenes at high frame rate and outdoor scenes with film, so the indoor scenes look like a play, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they're going to do. Um, but I'm expecting Peter Caldy to be in throughout the season. Um, but anyways, you got anything else to add there? I don't think so. Uh, me either. I don't know the next episode's title yet. Um, at least, I mean, most people probably do, but I haven't. I believe all the episodes have titles now, but I'm not looking at them. Right. I, I don't really care to. Uh, most of the, most of the time, they're not really spoilers. I think there's uh, a good chance there will be possible. Okay. Um, so we'll see you on Saturday, probably. Today is Wednesday. Or late Saturday, anyway. I don't know. Today's Wednesday. So late Saturday, probably, maybe Sunday, uh, with next episode of Doctor Who. Uh, hopefully it won't be late that time. It's it's harder <laughs> it's harder on the weekends uh, or, or the weekdays because we have different schedules. Weekends yeah. are easier, just in general. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's less less stuff on TV and less stuff to do, and so it's usually easier. Right. So we'll see you on Saturday or Sunday, sometime this weekend, for the next episode of Doctor Who on Smaller on the Outside. My name is Dave, and I was the Time Lord with you this evening, and with me was... Andy. Who is the companion? Check us out on Twitter. Check us out uh, everywhere else. Just search our names, and you'll you'll be amazed. Uh, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> you'll find a bunch of video game movies too. Video game movies. Yep. <laughs> Those are important for the podcast. Um, uh, my Twitter handle is I A M D W G. Andy's Twitter handle it is Morphin A P G. Uh, not morphine. Morphin, because right. it's cool. Like like Mighty Morphin. Don't try to put an apostrophe it's not, it's not in there. Don't put an apostrophe in there, because you won't find Andy. Uh, Morphin, <laughs> APG. And if you have any questions, uh, or if you have any comments and everything, you can leave those on the on here on the podcast, or you can email us at dave at daveexaminesmovies.com. Other than that, we will see you this weekend. Peace out. Peace out.